Welcome in. It's overtime here on a Saturday. 106.7 The Fan, also on the Team 980. Toby Altizer with you until 3 o'clock. And check this out. We'll toss it to CBS Sports Radio. Chris, what does Linnell usually say? We'll, we'll dish the rock to CBS Sports Radio? Because we're going to dish the rock to the one and only Linnell Willingham on CBS Sports Radio. How cool is that? That's actually really cool that... Uh... You know, he's local, but we get to play his nationally syndicated show here, yeah, too. Yeah, live and local, basically all day, because even when we go national, it's still one of our guys here, Linnell Willingham. So make sure you keep it tuned here to the fan all day long. We got a packed show for you till we turn it over to him at 3 o'clock. Feel free to call in at any point, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. We're going to get into some Nationals talk in the back half of the show. I want to talk about the young four guys on the roster that you watched last year. C.J. Abrams, Caber Ruiz, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray. What's the next step for those guys? We'll do a little bit of a deep dive into them coming up about 1.30. I want to look at the Nationals' ownership. We got the news this past week that ownership has basically said, we're not selling. Team's off the market. And a lot of people are frustrated that this team hasn't spent and hasn't done various things that they want them to do because, look, the standard was set for this baseball team during that stretch from 2012 to 2019, and it was finally culminated in 2019 with the ultimate prize. So the standard's been set. It hasn't been up to the standard the last couple of years. And so I understand the frustration with the team and with ownership. But I want to talk about this at 2 o'clock. They're not on the clock just yet. I'm not frustrated with them to the point where you're you're just livid with the team. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I know a lot of people are super frustrated. They haven't spent some money. We'll talk about that coming up at 2 o'clock. I don't know that this is the offseason to draw the ire of ownership, that ownership's drawing your ire. I don't know that it's this offseason, but we'll talk about that coming up at 2 o'clock. I want to talk about the commanders as well. What do you want to do outside of the number 2 overall pick? Last night... On overtime, we talked a little bit about a mock offseason. We kind of hinted at some of the things that I want to do in the draft outside of the number two overall pick. We spent so much time talking about the number two overall pick, and it's the most important pick they're going to make. But outside of that, assuming quarterback gets taken, what do you want to do in the second, third, fourth round and beyond? We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But we're going to start with this, because I had a couple of callers ending the show last night during the 9 o'clock hour call in with this idea. I open up ESPN last night and see this article titled Bold Moves, Trades, Whatever, Draft for All 32 Teams. I thought, okay, let's see what they got for the Commanders. From Aaron Schatz on ESPN. So seeing just some of them looking through, the Bills, trade Stephon Diggs, uh, the Patriots, draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and wait on quarterback. The Jets, fire Robert Sala and hire Mike Vrabel. So, you know, some decent ideas, right? Some stuff that's fun, stuff that makes some sense maybe, stuff that maybe you can get on board with. The Steelers, trade for Justin Fields. Looking at the other ones in the NFC East. For Dallas, cut Michael Gallup. Eh, whatever. The Giants, extend Darius Slayton. The Eagles, cut Kevin Byard and sign a young safety. And then you get to the Washington Commanders, and this isn't bold, To me, this is just plain wrong, and I know some people have this opinion, but I don't want to say that it's um, trying to choose the right word here because it's dumb. Is that a good enough word there, Chris? It's dumb. 
highly technical term here. I just don't, <laughs> I don't want to offend people, right? I'm just trying to say, like, you can have an opinion. It can be the wrong opinion. <laughs> I might not agree with your opinion, but you can have an opinion. You know what they have for the bold move that Washington should do? And I had callers say the same thing last night. Trade down for the number two pick. And I'm here to tell you, that ain't happening, and it should not happen, and it shouldn't be an option. Shouldn't be an option. It absolutely should not be an option. And here's the thing. We can go through all these scenarios. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about free agency. It's going to be something that's talked about nonstop until day one of the draft and basically until Roger Goodell walks up there with the second overall pick and says, the Washington Commanders select. That's all we need to know. But context matters here, guys. Context is huge in this. It's something that I think makes this decision all that more different because you're leaving out so much of the discussion. If they were picking 10th, I think trading down is a real scenario. And we can have this discussion about philosophically whether you want to build the team up first, whether you want to get the quarterback first. And I think in general, you can have your own philosophies. And if we're all just going on a sheet of paper and saying, this is how I would want to do it, that's fine. But you have to look at the context of this situation for Washington. And I think that's why it makes the decision for you. What's the context? You're picking second overall. Second. Why are you picking second overall, Chris? Because your quarterback didn't do the job well enough last year. Yes, the defense was bad. Yes, the offensive line was bad. But plain and simple, the quarterback wasn't good enough either. It's the most important position on the field. And I love Sam Howell. He's a great guy. It wasn't good enough last year. And you're picking second overall. Yeah, I think it would be kind of crazy to bring in Adam Peters here and then expect him to trade up or down. I mean, his job is to nail these picks, and he's got to do it. He's got to take that number two pick and, and get the right the right person for that pick. And I think trading up or down is kind of silly. We didn't bring this guy in here to start doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. He's not going to come in here and be like, you know what? Let's um, Let's roll with the quarterback from last year that started all 17 games and earned you the – number two overall pick. No. And I like Sam. I, I don't know how many more times I have to say that. I'm not anti-Sam. And you know what? I still think Sam can be a decent starter in this league. The problem is, I'm not trying to have a decent starter. Guess what happens when you have a decent starter in order to win a Super Bowl? You better have the best surrounding cast in the entire National Football League. Because look at San Francisco. And I'm sorry, but how many Super Bowls have they won? Y'all they won love, like four with Joe Montana, but <laughs> so many love Kyle Shanahan, right? And I, whatever, I'm not a Shanahan fan personally, but whatever. That's awesome. Shanahan had won a Super Bowl, and he's got Debo Samuel and Ayuk and George Kittle and Trent Williams and a good defense, and they haven't won. Why? Because quarterback. I don't think it's Kyle Shanahan's fault necessarily. They've had chances, but Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do his job. They didn't win a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy. I thought he played okay. They still didn't win the Super Bowl. What's my point here? I don't think Dan Quinn's even as good a coach as Kyle Shanahan. I don't think the surrounding cast here is even close to as good as San Francisco. So you're going to tell me that you're just going to roll out a mediocre quarterback again and hope that, hey, I think we got it figured out. That's not the way to go. I will take a mediocre quarterback this season if it means we are also developing a rookie quarterback that is planning on being the franchise quarterback. Sure. Like, well, that's about it. So, again, we're talking about this. Context matters, right? You're drafting second overall. And this isn't a draft from a couple of years ago where Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback taken in the 20s, right? This is a draft 
with three high-level quarterbacks, okay? You got Caleb Williams, who's been the number one overall pick in this draft for the last two years, maybe even before that. That's been the case. We all knew it. Last year, everyone knew that the number two overall pick going into this draft was going to be Drake May, and if Caleb Williams weren't there, he would have been the number one overall pick. And guess what? A third dude emerged this year that if these other two dudes weren't available, he'd go number one overall And Jaden Daniels. There's three of them, and you say, you know what, let's pass. You're drafting second overall, and there's three dudes. You know what that means? I'm no math expert, Chris, but when you're picking second and there's three available, it means you're going to get one of them, and guess what? You're also going to get a choice between two of them. You might even get a choice of all three, depending upon how the situation plays out, but you're going to get a choice of one of the two that are left. Why would you pass? Because you look ahead. I, I just mentioned it. Think back to last year. We're heading into the draft process, right? You're hearing all about Bryce Young. You're hearing all about C.J. Stroud. You're hearing all about Anthony Richardson. And people are excited. You know what else you were hearing? Man, next year's draft with Caleb Williams. Next year's draft with Drake May is going to be legit. You hearing any of that right now? Can you name me one quarterback prospects that come out next year? I can name you a couple. Are you excited about them compared to Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels? Yeah, and there's always somebody that will have a breakout year next year and whatever, and that, too. But, you know. That's fine. Yeah. And that's great. Are you excited about Quinn Ewers right now, like you were for Caleb Williams last year? Are you excited about Shadur Sanders right now, like you were for Drake May last year? Absolutely not. And so this is where I think this discussion loses all of its weight because I don't have an issue with trading back if the context here wasn't available. If you were just having this discussion and saying, hey, can we trade back, get more picks? I don't mind your philosophy. I think your philosophy is sound if you're picking 10th. If you're picking 12th, I think you got the right idea. Because I think in general, if you're looking at the team like it is, yeah, you want to add more assets. Yeah, you want to improve the entire football team. That makes sense. But you're picking second overall. There's a reason you're there. And when you get a chance to take a blue chip player at the quarterback position, you take your chance. I will tell you this. I did not begrudgingly want Dallas to win that last game of the season (laughs) just to watch them trade that pick away. I did not do that just to be like, oh, we'll just trade it down anyway. Just rip my hair out. (laughs) That is a great point. We didn't go through the torture of watching Dallas just eviscerate Washington and kind of being on board with it just to see them trade down and take J.J. McCarthy. (laughs) I would be so livid if they do that. I didn't go through all of that torture the last four or five weeks of the season where it didn't seem like Sam Howell could complete a forward pass. It didn't seem like the defense could stop anybody. We didn't go through all of that where Jacoby Brissett's going to start, then suddenly his hamstring locks up. (laughs) We didn't go through all that drama, all that craziness, where I was questioning my love for the entire game of football just for them to pass on quarterback at number two. Uh, If they did that, I'd be like, then why do we bring Peters? Like, why did this whole – there'd be so many questions. I don't think they're going to do it. It would just be – it would just be I don't think it happens. And, again, I I don't think – you know, this guy's doing one for all 32 teams. What's the bold prediction for Washington? I I mean, to me, my bold prediction for Washington would be trade up and get Caleb Williams. But, again, trade down from the number two pick, that is not an option for me because I think the context is the key here. The context is the key. 
because we can have the philosophical discussion about building the quarterback or having the quarterback or building up the team first. And I think we'll all have different answers. Some people are going to say, yeah, I want to build the team up. I want to make sure I have all the receivers. So that way, when I place the quarterback in, he's in the best position possible. And you're not wrong there. There's other people that are going to say, hey, the quarterback can elevate everyone around him. If you get the right quarterback in place, he can fix a lot of issues. You know, I was... I worked in Milwaukee for a time. I got family up in Wisconsin. So, I, you know, I follow the Green Bay Packers a little bit closer than the average fan. For so long, Aaron Rodgers covered up the issues that the Green Bay Packers had, right? So if you have an elite quarterback, they can cover up some issues. So you can have either side well, of this discussion. He was dropping those Hail Marys. Like exactly. They were just... <laughs> and you can have either side of this discussion. I don't really care which side you're on. I think this is something that we're all going to debate, and I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer. The thing is here... There is a right and a wrong answer because you're picking second overall and there's three quarterbacks to take. If that weren't the case, we can have this discussion. And matter of fact, I'd probably entertain the discussion because if I'm picking 10th, do I necessarily need the A-level offensive tackle or would I rather get the B-level offensive tackle and also add a tight end and a linebacker? I'd probably do that. I feel like you can find tackles every year. Exactly. You know, they're not, you don't need a top three pick to get one. And especially, Whereas the quarterback, you kind of do. You know, and that's the point. The last time this team picked second overall, and I know Chase Young, people love to bash that pick. I'm not going to because I was totally fine with the pick at the time. Even locally, for the most part, people were all on board. Even nationally, you look, it's not like they were getting C minuses for their grade on picking Chase Young. That's fine, whatever. We understand now it didn't work out, but you passed on Justin Herbert, you passed on Tua Tagovailoa. Again, I'm not bashing him for that. It is what it is now. You can't do that again. Well, what's the point? You you can't just sit here and be drafting second overall in a year with quarterbacks. And even even looking at that, right, Tua had question marks coming out of Alabama with the hip injury, whether he was going to be enough of a creator offensively as a quarterback. There are questions about him. Herbert, he was the number one quarterback the year before, struggled at Oregon, and there are questions about him. If you look at this draft in comparison – any one of these three guys could go number one overall, and it might shock some people, but they also be like, you know what? I like it. I like it. Any three of them. So why would you pass on that to say, let's build up the rest of the roster? At some point, you have to have a quarterback. At some point, you have to have the quarterback. And if you look at what happened this year in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, what ultimately happened? The best team didn't win on paper. The best team didn't win. The best quarterback did. But the best team didn't win. So you can have something where you have everything in place that is perfect, and if your quarterback isn't able to make the extra couple of plays, I like Brock Purdy. I think he's a better quarterback than he gets credit for. He ain't winning you a game against Patrick Mahomes nine times out of ten. Well, there was also the confusion about how the overtime rules played, which that's I mean, a coaching issue if you ask me. The, the, there's the team extra should know stuff. that stuff. There's so. extra stuff, no doubt. But what's the ultimate trump card in all of this if teams are even? Quarterback. It's the same thing I talk about when I watch basketball at times. You know, you get to the NCAA tournament. You say, well, they might have the better team, but that team has the better player. I'll take my chances with the superstar. And it's not just the ability to make amazing plays or make positive plays out of what should have been a sack or something, but also that clock management ability that people like Mahomes and Brady and whatever have. There's a reason why Peyton Manning only has two Super Bowl victories despite being a top-five quarterback all time. There's a reason Josh Allen is one of the most talented quarterbacks this league has ever seen, and he's never gone to a Super Bowl. There's a reason Joe Burrow has struggled. There's a reason so many guys that are in this league that are exciting haven't won. Patrick Mahomes is 
holding it, holding the whole league hostage now because they can't get a Lombardi. Because like Jordan did for years in the NBA, like Brady did for years in the NFL, you just felt like that guy's there. I'm not saying any one of these three guys is there is that guy. And I understand that if we're going to try and do this argument that Mahomes wasn't picked in the top three, Brady obviously wasn't even picked in the first five rounds, sixth-round pick, I get all that stuff. And you can throw those arguments at me all you want. Frankly, whatever. But Peyton Manning was a first overall pick. John Elway was a first overall pick. Sometimes that does happen. Exactly right. And so guess what? As much as we can look at evaluations, it is still a crapshoot. Because as many guys as you want to point out that have worked out number one overall, you can point out the guys that haven't worked out number one overall. Same thing with number two overall. Doesn't mean that I want Adam Peters to sit here and put his tail between his legs and sit there and go, ooh, I don't know, I don't want to screw this up. Let's trade down and take a tackle. No, take your chance and get the quarterback. It covers up so many issues. And if you say, well, you got to build up the rest of the team, I don't disagree with you. That's what $85 million in cap space is for. That's what two second-rounders is for. That's what two third-rounders is for. And guess what, guys? They're not winning the Super Bowl this season. So building up the team doesn't all have to happen in the offseason this year. Guess what? You can still draft players next year that can help out the team. But guess what? doesn't matter. You can have two all-pro wide receivers. You can have a great offensive line. You can have the best defense in the league. And you got no quarterback. What happens? You're the New York Jets of this year. Their quarterback got hurt. Look what happened. They didn't have a quarterback. If they had a quarterback, it's all different. But they had one of the best defenses in the league. They had some great talent on offense with Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Nothing works because the quarterback position was gone. If you don't have a good quarterback, I'm sorry, you're not winning in this league. So much is dependent on it. So why would you have the option at sitting number two overall in a draft class with three really good quarterbacks and say, I want something else because I don't want one of these guys. And you can't even look to next year and think, well, I can get the same caliber. Because if you could, maybe we can have this discussion. You can't. And that's assuming you have a top two or three draft pick exactly anyway right. next year. Exactly which right. means you're actually expecting this year to be awful also. Guess what so. they did? They took Chase Young number two overall. Again, not arguing that pick, whatever. You know where they picked next year? 19th. And they took Jamin Davis. So what happens next year if... Things go a little bit differently, and we'd all be happy if the team is better than they were this past season. Maybe they're winning seven, eight games, but congratulations. You know what you did? You just hurt yourself in the quarterback abyss once again. I'm sick of being in the quarterback abyss. I don't understand this idea that you don't want to try to get the quarterback. Now's your chance. Now's your chance. When you have the opportunity, you have to take it. I don't want Adam Peters sitting here and saying, well... Let's uh let's make sure we don't screw this up. No, try to hit the home run. Now's not the time to try to hit a little bunt single down the line. Now's not the time to hit a little opposite field blooper into, into the gap. Now's not the time to do that. Now's the time to take a big swing for the fence and try to hit the home run because you're in the spot to do it. If you weren't, then we could have a different discussion. But context matters here, and you're picking second overall in a good quarterback class with three top-tier guys who you're going to get a choice of, you take the quarterback now. Let's take a break when we come back. Let's hear your thoughts. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Listen, I know some of you want to trade back. We can have that discussion. We can debate it. Let's do it next here on The Fan. 1067 The Fan, it's overtime on a Saturday afternoon. Not too bad of a day here in the District of Columbia. Next week, about this time, I'll be in West Palm Beach, so I won't care what the weather is here. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> yeah, I won't care. We got baseball tonight, too. Nationals.com, I think, is streaming the game, but they're playing the Astros tomorrow. 
First game you can hear right here on the fan. Charlie and Dave back at it. 110 first pitch. Then Nats spring training live tomorrow night. I think they're going to have on Stone Garrett. They're going to have on DJ Hers, the prospect pitcher that they got back from the Cubs in the Jamer Candelario trade. So make sure you tune into that 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Right now we're talking about the Commanders. ESPN, multiple people that call into the station have said trading down is what they would do. Or at least ESPN said that's their bold take. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't. I laid out all the reasons before. We won't dive deep into it. But what do you guys think? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Look, I know there's plenty in the fan base that want to trade down. Give me your thoughts. I, again, I, I try to be as nice as possible because I think that anybody can have an opinion, and that's fine. I just happen to think that this one is wrong. <laughs> and we'll disagree, and that's fine. That's the beauty of sports talk radio. Let's get out to Eddie, who is in Centerville. Eddie, what's going on? You're on the fan. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Toby. Uh, yeah, so I-, I called in because I-, I don't think it's a dumb idea to trade down. I don't. I wouldn't want to do it. I would. I'm like you in terms of like if we get. If I-, I really hate not having a great quarterback in DC. We haven't had one since 2016 with Kirk Cousins, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I miss that. I miss having watching the foot my football team have a a quarterback come go out there and 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 someone that I can have faith in, right? And I thought I had that with Sam Howell the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. But this team has so many holes, man. So many holes. Linebacker, cornerbacks, uh, left tackle, right tackle. Uh, I don't know what I think caused me to left guard. So right guard. So you know what I mean? Like we we have a lot of holes in the team that trading back wouldn't be a dumb idea if we get a good a good a good haul back, kind of like how the Skins and the Rams did in 2012. You know, because they went up. We weren't, we weren't going to get Andrew sure. Luck. There is no Andrew Luck coming out of the draft. There is no Burrow coming out of the draft. Do I like uh, Khalib? Yeah, he's nice, but I saw him play a few times, and I was not impressed in a lot of the games. Drake May, same thing. I think Drake May had a great system in college, and that's what made him so great. He was very comfortable in the pocket. Um, and then Daniels, I, I, I don't know. Daniels, it could be a hit or miss. No one from the draft is coming out to the NFL guaranteeing See, at least uh, an extra two wins. And this is where I'll disagree with you, Eddie, because I think that there's three number one over, overall pick kind of caliber quarterbacks in this draft. Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams. And I understand if you don't think that they're that good, I can understand more of why you want to trade back. I still disagree, but I can understand it a bit more because I think that these guys are difference makers. If you don't, that's fine. The reason, though, that you lay out and you say that you need to build up the roster, I don't disagree with you. I I think there's plenty of holes that can be filled. And if this were a different year, again, this is why I think this, this conversation is so intriguing here. I think there's so much context here. If this were a year where they only had $20 million in cap space and maybe they could sign one quality player, maybe they could do that. They have $85 million in cap space, Eddie. They have a lot of room to do things. They have two second-round picks, two third-round picks. So while this discussion is fine right now, I think in two, three, four weeks when we get to see what's happening in free agency, it could be a totally different view where people are looking at it and say, you know what, they signed a linebacker. They've shored up the offensive line a little bit before they get to the draft. They might even take a tackle in the second round. 
They've shored up a tight end position. They've found a cornerback in free agency. Like, that's what the $85 million in cap space is for. So when I say I trust Adam Peters, I'm not saying I trust Adam Peters just to get the quarterback. I'm saying I trust Adam Peters to make sure that when he gets the quarterback, that quarterback is put in a perfect spot to succeed. And it doesn't even have to all be done this year but at least put him in a spot where he has a decent offensive line to work behind. He's got some weapons in Terry and Jahan. So I think that so much can be changed in these next couple of weeks. Now, if it's something where he doesn't do his job and free agency doesn't address everything that needs to be addressed, that's another thing. But where we're standing right now, that's what the $85 million in cap space is for, to fix the holes that you're talking about. Right. The, but like I, like I was saying earlier, too, like, I don't see you see them as different makers. I, I, I see Khalid struggling in the NFL his first year. I see May 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 come out like a Wilson from BYU a couple years back. And I see Daniels could possibly be another type of like one one year wonder in a college league and doesn't really do anything in the NFL. That's why I'm the quarterback position is so it's a delicate position. Like it's cause cause everything holds on them. They have all the pressure added to it. In terms of that, I think Drake May has the best has the best uh, 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 head for that. Sure. Skill wise, Khalib has the best skills. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I I wouldn't be against trading back. I also wouldn't be against them getting a quarterback. But we're more than a quarterback away. And and, and that, yeah, sure. that's basically what I have and, to say. And, and Thanks I for taking my call. That. I agree with that. Appreciate it, Eddie. And that's the other thing too. I think he laid it out well, and that's fine too. That's something that I didn't necessarily mention there, that if you don't think these quarterbacks are as good, then, yeah, that can change your opinion. I think consensus says that all three of these guys can be a really good quarterback. I was on record last night saying that I don't even know that the quarterback that is selected is as important as the development because I think all of them have the tools to be not just a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, maybe even an all-pro caliber quarterback. I think all of them have the tools to do that. It's going to be about development. But when he's saying about trading back, I just don't think that he says you're you're not just a quarterback away. And that's true. That's 100% true. But when you're in the position to take the quarterback, you take the quarterback. That's just kind of where I'm at. I'm at. Let's get to Scott in Centerville. Scott, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. The thing is, my point was kind of like what he was saying. I mean, you know, if, if Williams is there to take him because of the familiarity he has with, uh, Kling, uh, with Cliff. The problem I have is I think you have to trade back. I mean, you got to build up around. You look at teams like Detroit. Um, they've started out with offensive linemen. Of course, they were gifted Jared Goff, but nobody expected him to be the, the quarterback he was the last couple of years. But you got to get as many points and much building as you can around the team because that rookie quarterback, if you even if you get him at three or two, he's not going to be someone that's going to make an impact. And the, the offensive coordinator – that's got to be working with him is such an important tool that we're not even looking at that. I mean, maybe uh, Clingsbury doesn't want freaking Williams or a quarterback. Maybe there is somebody deep in the uh, sure. second or third round that's available. So I think you trade back and then you, you, you go from there. As far as $87 million in salary cap, everybody has that. I don't think no, Washington is no, going to be no. a prime location for people. Hold on, Scott. Not like, everyone has that. Everyone has well, an extra 10 enough. or 15. They have the most in the National Football League. Yes, but not is this the place where people are going to come and say, "Hey, I want to, you know, I want to come here and start winning." I think this is a location that not too many free agents. I mean, Kansas City has a ton of money now. I mean, but I'm not talking, like Scott. I'm not talking like if you're talking like T. Higgins who got franchise tagged, he's not even going to hit the market. But if you're talking like a T. Higgins type or a Josh Allen type, the edge rusher from Jacksonville, I don't think those guys were coming here. 
But if you're a mid-level guy and you're choosing between mediocre football teams, why wouldn't you come to Washington? You're going to have a new coach. Everybody loves Dan Quinn around the league. You've got people that you want to play for. Adam Peters is new. Like, I get your point that what makes this attractive, but I'm not talking the top-tier talent. Like, I don't know that they're signing any of these top guys because, like the last caller said, they're not just a quarterback away. They're not right on the doorstep. So I'm not getting... Huge guys, but I can get a bunch of B-level talent to fill out the roster with that $85 million in cap space. Okay, I agree with that. Okay. All right, well, thanks for taking my call. That was, I just, you know. I appreciate it, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the idea of trading down is a good one in general. I think that when you look at, if you look at the different people around the league and different scenarios, I'm totally fine with it. I just don't know that it's right for this team right now with the quarterback situation, with the ability to take a quarterback at number two with the guys that are available. I just don't think it makes sense for this team to do it right now. I see you guys on hold. We'll get to you on the other side of the break. Feel free to call in if you want. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. I say trading down isn't an option. I know some of you think that it is. Feel free to call in and give me your thoughts. 800-636-1067. Also tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. We'll continue discussing this next. You're on Overtime on The Fan. Welcome back. Overtime 1067 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you till 3 o'clock. Then we'll dish the rock to CBS Sports Radio. Linnell Willingham filling in today. So keep it tuned to The Fan all day long. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in? We're talking about the number two overall pick. ESPN had a bold move that each team could make, and their bold move was trading down. And some other people tend to agree with it. I don't. What say you? 800-636-1067. Let's get out to Cliff, who's in the district. Cliff, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Um, It's time for this team to stop BSing. They've been BSing long (laughs) enough. That number two pick should be used to draft our franchise quarterback. Agreed. Hopefully hopefully it's Jaden Daniels. I'm not too fond of Drake May. We already have a North Carolina quarterback on our roster. He didn't pan out. But who says Drake May is going to be just like Sam Howell? But I was hearing a guy talking about um, getting a linebacker. So, hell, we can get our defense, most of our defensive players through free agency since we got the cap space. We don't have to overspend. Hey, there's a couple of linebackers out there that are young that we can get. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's time to get that quarterback with that number two pick. And I figure the defense should be like, more veteran-led anyway. And then the offense, we use our draft picks, and, and we could all also mix some of the draft picks up and get a couple of our defensive players as well. And I'll sit back and listen. Cliff, I appreciate the phone call, man. And he hit the nail on the head there. If I were Adam Peters, I'm not saying how exactly to do it, but my thought process or my motto was spend in free agency on the defense and draft offense because I'm – getting a bunch of veterans for Dan Quinn and Joe Witt Jr. to work with on the defensive side of the ball that can understand things, and you can spend some of that money in free agency. And honestly, when you look at the offense, you've got a solid right guard. Charles Leno, I don't think, gets enough credit for what he can do at left tackle, assuming they keep him and he's not a a cap casualty if they want to move on from him to get a little extra cash. But you've got three positions to fill in the offensive line. At least one of them's getting filled through the draft, I would expect. I think in the second round, they're drafting a tackle. So there you go. There's your right tackle. It's not going to be Andrew Wiley. I think Wiley would be a better guard if he wanted to play, so maybe he can play left guard. 
I think you can still sign a left guard if you wanted to go that route. I think you can still sign a center. I don't think the offensive line is going to be this enigma that you have to fix. I think they're going to be able to do it in the offseason with the assets that they have. I think that the team is going to be better next year just because of all the assets they have. It doesn't mean that they're going to be a playoff team. It doesn't even necessarily mean that they're going to be you know, contenders for the wild card or for the division, but they're going to improve, and they're going to find ways to improve these spots so that when a quarterback walks in here, it's not like he's walking into a situation like Bryce Young did last year. I think last year is a prime example where you can see that situation does matter. So I don't disagree with people that say that they need to build a team up, but that's what the extra assets are for. You saw last year Bryce Young step into a situation where he didn't have the stuff that he needed to make it work, and he struggled. And I like Bryce Young. I think that Stroud was a better quarterback, but I like Bryce Young. I thought he could do some good in the league, and he struggled. Why? He didn't have the things around him. And you're going to point to Washington and say they don't, but they have tons of money, and they have two receivers that would have been number one on Carolina last year in Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. So I think they were already more equipped than what Carolina was to add a quarterback last year. Then you look at Houston, and I don't know that they equipped C.J. Stroud with the best stuff. Like, Nico Collins was their number one receiver, and did you think Nico Collins was the number one wide receiver before last season? I don't think anyone did. C.J. Stroud turned him into one, though. They signed Dalton Schultz. They had an okay offensive line. No one would think that that was a top-five unit. So, again, I think the quarterback can mask some troubles, and if you can get the right guy and you can make sure that you surround him with the right talent, it doesn't even have to be all A-plus talent, but give him enough to work with, then it'll be fine. And that's what the assets are for, to make sure that you have the right situation for whoever the quarterback is to step into and have success. So that's what Adam Peters' job is. That's what he's got to do through the draft, through free agency. That's why this is so attractive of a job for a general manager. You can reshape this whole thing in one offseason, maybe not to a Super Bowl level, but you can get this thing going in the right direction where in two, three years down the road, we're talking about this team being a playoff team once again and a real contender in this NFC. Let's get out to Edward in Hartford, Connecticut. Edward, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Okay, so I have the perfect trade-down option where they don't move several spots. Listen to this. I've done – I know you don't probably believe in the, the the simulator thing, but I put this option out there because of what happened on five straight simulator options that I did. Washington moves down to number three. New England moves up to number two because they really think that, okay, Washington's probably going to take Drake May, but that's their guy. That's their guy. They want Drake May. So they move up. They take Drake May at two. Jaden falls to Washington at three. But New England has to give up this year's 2024 second-round pick to Washington, right? So now Washington acquires an extra second-round pick. And then they also acquire next year's second-round pick from New England just because they moved down one spot. Now, that's the only trade option or, or sure. trade-back scenario I would take as a Washington, um, as a Washington general manager. What do you think? Yeah, Edward, appreciate the phone call. I think that's good in theory, and I think it does make sense. I wouldn't disagree that that's fine because I'm fine with any of the three quarterbacks. So I wouldn't hate it. But the the thing with trades is it takes two to tango. And I don't know that New England would do that. The same way that I'm saying I'd be fine with any three, I think they might be fine with any three, and they might go a veteran route and trade down with someone that's going to go take that third quarterback. So I I just don't know that that's an option if, the, if New England's going to be the one that you're going to trade with, because I would do it if I'm Washington. I don't think New England's going to want to do it. But, I mean, hey, if they end up on the phone and their new GM, Elliot Wolf wants to be on the phone with Adam Peters and work that thing out, I think that'd be a decent trade because, at worst, you end up with 
Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or, or Caleb Williams, whatever, whoever ends up being the third quarterback, and I'm fine with any of them. So I don't hate the idea. I just don't think that New England would do it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to some more of your phone calls, 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, you want to trade down because I don't think it's a good option. We'll continue to talk with you guys next here on The Fan. Welcome back. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you. Up until 3 o'clock. Then you can hear Big L, Linnell Willingham, on CBS Sports Radio right here on The Fan. Feel free to call in, 800-636-1067. MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. I don't think it's an option to trade down from two. What say you? Let's get out to Lou. Lou, what's going on? You're on The Fan. Hey, what's going on, Toby? How you doing? Doing great, man. How about you? Good, good. Um, so, so to be honest, like uh, me personally, like if okay, like I'm gonna put it like this: if Caleb is projected to be the next Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, is that's what everybody's saying. So, if he's gonna get us a couple of Super Bowl, I mean, I don't mind risking a couple three first round picks. To be honest, I mean, if that's the the projection of that guy in about the next, what, five, ten years. If that's the case, then, I mean, you got to give up everything to try to get this guy, to be honest. But then again, you know, people saying, oh, they got this hole. We got, you know, we got to fix up the linebackers, this, that issue. We have enough money. So I, I'm yeah. kind of like, you know, I, I, if, if Caleb is a guy, man, just give up whatever, man. I, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know, man. I'm confused at this point, to be <laughs> honest. I want to trust these guys because it's like, you know, you, a lot of people. I, I like Daniels too, but you know, people saying, "Oh, he's too skinny." This and that. I mean, he's going to the league. He's going. He's going to get paid, and he's going to put up weight. So uh, that I, I don't think that'd be the uh, issue. But uh, you know, to be honest, I, I, I trust the process and whatever they do. I'm down with it. If they chose not to pick a quarterback this season, wait for next season. I'm cool with that, man. I trust these guys, and it's been a long time. I have felt like this, so. Yeah, I'm just going to trust the process. And like I said, if Caleb is a guy, man, just give up everything. And I would, like, see, the thing is with Caleb, if I was him, I wouldn't go to Chicago because they're going to do the same thing in about four years from now. It's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to get rid of you. There's another hot guy coming out of college. So if I was him, why would I want to go to Chicago, waste four years, and they're going to do the same thing what they're doing to Justin Fields? So uh, I wish he had some kind of leverage where he could say, I don't want to come to your team, man. I don't want you to pick me. And he could land on, you know, us without giving up anything. I wish that'd be the case, but we'll see, man. Appreciate you taking my call. Appreciate so, it, Lou. Yeah, I think it's it, interesting because that's something that's been discussed too. Could he force his way to D.C.? And I think Dent and I were talking about this back on President's Day, and we're like, would that be a red flag for you? And generally I would say yes, but I don't care, man. If he just ends up in D.C. by any means possible, one – That'd be awesome to have him as a quarterback. Two, someone chose Washington, right? So that'd be a change of things, too. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I don't know how much I would be willing to give up. The way I like to weigh it myself, personally, is in five years, if he turns out to be as good as you expect, and even if Drake May reaches his full potential or Jaden Daniels reaches his full potential, if the gap is large enough that you think that this guy is going to be the difference maker you know, a top five quarterback in the league, whereas the other guys are maybe top 15 quarterbacks. If you think that gap is large enough, am I going to feel foolish five years from now if they all reach their potential, but he's that much of an upgrade that I wasn't willing to give up this the two twos this year or a two and a one? 
And that's your that's a question you have to ask yourself. Because if you say no, then fine. Then that's fine. If you say, yeah, I, I think I would regret it, then go ahead and make the trade if you think he's that much better. I don't know. I don't think you can go into the draft worried about future regrets. I think that's a there's too much potential. Anybody could be a future regret to pass up on, you know. It's I don't know. I'm just saying if you think he's that much better, why wouldn't you try to get it? You know what I'm saying? Like if if you really do think he is that much better, why wouldn't you do it? Because wouldn't you trade a first and a second round for an upgraded quarterback right now with a really good guy? Like I think even a Trevor Lawrence, who people were someone called in earlier said he's a fringe, right? Like or was it you that said he was a fringe? Like I think people would give up a first and a second round pick right now for Trevor Lawrence. Maybe not the second overall pick. But so I just think you have to do it when you feel like you get a chance to upgrade. Let's get one more call in here. Let's get to David in Centerville. We'll get to the rest of you guys on the other side of the break. David, real quick, what you got? Hey, you, you got me on? Yeah, I got you, David. What's going on? Okay. Uh, only point I'd like to bring up is uh, you, you, you work real hard to take that quarterback. And then uh, just like RG3, you put a Cadillac quarterback behind a 57 Ford <laughs> offensive line. And how long before you, you know, have that quarterback out of the league injured? Uh, I'd much rather see, uh, I'd much rather see trading for Justin Fields and putting an offensive line to protect him. And we do have defensive needs. Uh, especially edge rusher. Um, that's just my thought. I think the worst thing, the absolute worst thing they can do is trade up. Uh, I, I just don't think there's that much difference between the three quarterbacks. Hey, and you never know. They may think that uh, they can make it all work with uh, Sam Howell. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that's if that's really, Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, appreciate the phone call, man. Yeah, I just don't know that they're going to roll you. With, with Sam. But I, I like what he said there because you don't want to put them behind a shoddy offensive line. I don't know that that means you can't take the quarterback at two, though. Right? Like, that's what the $85 million in free agency is for. I, I can't reiterate that enough. That's what the extra second-round pick is for. That's what the third-round picks are for. Like, there are ways to shore up the offensive line without having to say, oh, they have to trade down and not take the quarterback this year. You're in an opportunity to take the quarterback. It's not one of those situations where you can just continue to pass and pass on quarterback until the perfect time because if you look at it, I think right now is the perfect time. Maybe not in terms of what your roster currently looks like, but you're in the perfect time in that it's a good quarterback class and you're picking second overall, so you get to make the choice. So why wouldn't you take the quarterback? I just don't think there's any way where you can say, I'm going to trade down. I need to build up the offensive line. That's fine. What happens next year if you're not picking up this high and you don't get your choice at quarterback, and now all of a sudden we're talking about trading up and maybe giving up a second and a first-round pick to go get Caleb Williams with the first pick. What happens if now you're talking about trading three firsts to go from 15 to three so you can get a choice at a quarterback? I just think right now where you're at – we don't have to give up anything if you're Washington, and that's what a that's lot of people are arguing. That's it. You don't have to give up a single thing right now, and you can take Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and so why wouldn't you do that as opposed to next year? Are you going to give up three first-round picks to go get Shador Sanders? No, absolutely not. And, and you it might, can take three years to find that quarterback if you don't draft. You know, it's, and and it's, they, they might have the offensive line in place next year, but I, I, it doesn't matter if you don't have the quarterback. 
It's not something... That's where Adam Peters has to go to work. I, I can't reiterate that enough. That's what the $85 million is for. That's what the extra picks are for. They're not going to put them back there with the offensive line that they had last season. I can promise you that. So if you're thinking that whoever they draft is going to sit behind that same offensive line, that's not going to be the case. Take a break. When we come back, we'll get to you, Larry. I see you on hold. I'll get to your call on the other side of the break here. Also want to continue to hear from the rest of you guys. I don't think trading down is an option. What say you? 800-636-1067. Overtime on the fan rolls on next.